traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hello, hello, hello. All right. Hey, beautiful Friday. It's uh, 65 degrees. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Spring has sprung. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, Let us begin. Number one, Joe Biden. (laughs) Even for him, he was out of his mind yesterday. Really strange stuff. Yelling at America. I mean, and just very weird. We'll have that for you in a moment. But first, and no one is doing this. No one will dare do it. Everyone believes that uh, if you do it, you're going to be harmed in some way, shape, or form. And they're probably right. But here I go. The Central Park jogger. 33 years ago this moment, she was clinging uh, barely to life. She was almost dead. They think something like 40 guys, 40 guys jumped on her, punched her, hit her with objects, rocks, a pipe, and yeah, sexually assaulted her. When she got to the hospital, number one, they thought she was going to die. Number two, uh, they thought they'd never be able to identify her because she was that mutilated. And they were totally convinced that this was not the work of one person. It was the work of many. But in the end, they narrowed it down to um, five, I think, right? Five. And you have been told that they were coerced into confessing. You have been told that DNA evidence completely exonerated them. You have been told that uh, corrupt district attorney and police department, they're responsible and they're racism and all that stuff. You have been told, essentially, many, 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 many lies. And there are right now some horrible people walking around. They are rich and famous. They are rich and they are famous because of the crime they committed, because of the harm they inflicted on Trisha Mealy on that day in April of 1989. And um, a couple of things about that case that a lot of folks don't know that I'll be telling you in a moment. But first, these so-called false confessions, uh-uh. Have you ever sat down and watched them? Uh-uh. No, you haven't. Uh, and that's okay. I understand. And they're, they try to make it hard for you to see these confessions. You can sit down and say, okay, I want to learn about the Central Park jogger. What happened? Well, the first thing that's going to probably come your way is the phony baloney Ken Burns documentary. Ooh, Ken Burns. It must be good. After all, he did that amazing Civil War documentary. That's another big fat lie, by the way. It wasn't amazing. It was boring. The only thing that makes this guy hot, you know, popular with the intelligentsia is that eccentric haircut. All right? It's really... and. Like most documentarians, they think they have a license to be boring, whether he does a movie about baseball, about New York, about the the Civil War, and the Central Park Five. Uh, This stuff was wildly, wildly, wildly unfair to the police and to the community. So let's hear, uh, what do they say? False confession, right? 
Oh, false confession. The police suggested to them that they did this. Oh, yeah? No. And let's listen for ourselves. Let's see here. I got, uh, this is Corey Wise. Do you remember him? He was possibly the most recognized of the defendants. Corey Wise, this is April 21st of 1989, speaking to Assistant District Attorney Elizabeth Letterer. Listen carefully to what he says. To his admissions. Cut 34. This is my first ring. This, I never did this before this school room the last time doing it. I never, this is my first experience. Did you hit her or kick her? I didn't do nothing. I was just playing with her. Did you hold her legs down? Huh? I hold her legs down for what? Five seconds. That's and that was when Stephen was on top of her? Yeah. All right. It was his very first rape. Give him a break. It was his very first rape. Give him a break. And he was just playing with her. Just touching her. Yeah, he held her down for Stephen. But only for like five seconds, he says. You going to tell me that's false? You going to tell me he's making that up, that kind of detail? Huh? What kind of defense is that? This is my first. We'll go on. Next, we have Raymond Santana, rapist. April 21st, 1989, with the same assistant district attorney. And there's a videotape. You know how unusual it was to videotape confessions in the late 80s? This was like cutting-edge stuff. So is this guy making it up? You tell me. Cut 35, Raymond Santana. Were you watching? No, I was grabbing the were you standing up or kneeling or sitting down beside you? I was kneeling. You were leaning over? I was on my knee. Was her shirt on? Did you know where her shirt was? Do you know where her bra was? So while Kevin was on top of her, was he laying on top of her? Mm-hmm. And while he was doing that, you were feeling her breasts with both hands? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was feeling her breasts with both hands. Uh, it's right there. And he says, no, I wasn't standing. I was kneeling. Is Raymond Santana making that up? No. What about Antron McRae? What does he have to say? One of the Central Park Five, who, by the way, is now friends with Ava DuVernay and all of Netflix. And they got millions of dollars for this hideous crime they committed. Cut 36. When she was on the ground and you said that you kicked her? Mm-hmm. Were other people also kicking and hitting her? Yes. How many times did you kick her? She feel like twice. Were you grabbing her arms? Yeah, I had her on her left arm. And where were you holding that? Over her head or to the side? Or? So I had her like this and this. Okay, and, and you were holding it. Was she yeah. trying to pull her hand away? Mm-hmm. When you got on top of her, you had your penis out of your pants? Yes. He had his penis out of his pants. It's funny. I've watched all these documentaries and docu-series, and I've read all these New York Times articles, and uh, nobody ever includes these parts. This is never mentioned for some reason. Why is that, huh? They'll just broadly say, this is a false confession. DNA evidence exonerated the Central Park Five. No, that's wrong. DNA evidence was not newly discovered or anything like that. The DNA was discovered in April of 1989. Semen samples were collected. Semen samples were linked to one person. 
Semen samples were linked to a person not arrested. The authorities knew that. The defense attorneys knew that. The judge knew that. The jury knew that, I believe. So it wasn't newly discovered. They said in open court that they had an unindicted person. There was somebody else out there who had a role in this. Actually, there were plenty of people out there who had a role in this, but they got these guys, and they have these statements. So it wasn't newly discovered. What was newly discovered, the new evidence, if you want to call it that, was a guy named uh, Hector Reyes or Mateus Reyes. What the hell was his name? Reyes, R-E-Y-E-S. A cold-blooded, psychopathic racist, rapist and racist, who came forward in the early 2000s and said, I did it, and I did it by myself. Well, the DNA was his, but does that mean you believe him? Does that mean you discount what the doctor said, who saw footprints all over this woman's body? Proof that there were multiple, possibly dozens of assailants? Hmm? And you just throw out all of those confessions because some psychopath says that he was the only one? Yeah, it was your DNA. You don't necessarily, that doesn't mean everything he says is true, right? It doesn't. Of course not. But nobody wants to, you don't want to hear this because this is now a truism. It is totally accepted that these guys were railroaded. Uh, The district attorney was um, uh, corrupt, bigoted, racist. And Netflix put their great big seal of approval on it. Hey, I hope now, by the way, just because Netflix puts their logo on something, people will not just lose all capacity for independent thought and analysis. Now we see, everybody can see what a screwed up place that is. They're pushing TV shows about men having babies. And not only that, it's just bad television. Everyone's finally realizing this is like eating uh, It's like eating Butterfingers. No, I like Butterfingers. It's like eating uh, Diet Jello. It's nothing. It doesn't leave anything. There's no nutritional value in this content. There's too much of it as well. So people are unsubscribing because it's crummy content and it's way too woke. And even though it would seem like that, if you watch TV, if you read the New York Times, if you walk around New York, that this is... uh, that America has gone off the deep end, mm, the chattering class maybe, but the people, not so much. Hey, Joe Biden, hemorrhaging support across the board, but a lot of eyebrows were raised. Hispanics, he's less popular with Hispanics than with white people. I never really like to cut the population into little segments like that, but pollsters sure do, and I think they're onto something. Um, so what do you think? I feel really bad for the heroes who prosecuted this case and sent these guys away to jail because they have been villainized and victimized. Linda Fairstein lost her book deal, lost her speaking engagements. Uh, they pulled her book out of the bookshelf, her multiple books, and they're great books, thrillers. And she called her experience as a prosecutor. Hey, she's the one who put Robert Chambers in jail, by the way. Uh, anyway... They canceled her, but they're wrong. And I have a feeling she's going to be back in a big way, and I hope that's the same for the rest of the team. They, they can't, they're essentially living in hiding, some of these folks. And they're heroes, heroes of this city. Genuine heroes. Unlike the fake heroes, 
And who are the fake heroes? Oh, boy. You know, um, John F. Kennedy, may he rest in peace. But, boy, there were some real goofballs in that family. And one of them is his grandson, some cat named Jack Schlossberg. He's got a big head of hair and his, uh, he's got blue blood, so the fake news loves him. And he showed up on the Today Show to hand out Profiles and Courage Awards. What? Yeah. The Kennedy family, they have this Profiles and Courage Award, which is a phony baloney award that they made up in honor of their grandfather, who they say wrote Profiles and Courage, a 1957 Pulitzer Prize-winning book. It was actually ghostwritten by Ted Sorensen, but anyway, take it away. Today's show, Cut 37. To celebrate the qualities of political courage that he admired most, public servants who have made courageous decisions without regard for personal or professional consequences. Well, this year, five people have been chosen, and we can reveal them now. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, Congresswoman Liz Cheney, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, Arizona State House Speaker Russell Rusty Bowers, and Wandrea Shea Moss, an elections worker in Fulton County, Georgia, and JFK's grandson, Jack Schlossberg, Helps with the foundation, help chose, choose those recipients and joins us now. Hi, Jack. It's good to see you. Good to see you, Savannah. We're always thrilled when you bring us these stories. These stories of people who are all opposed to Trump, except for Zelensky, the international hero of the moment. I have no problem acknowledging that guy. Everybody's, everybody seems to see uh, his bravery, and that's great. But everybody else on that list, those who are, quote-unquote, standing up for democracy, right? Anybody opposed to um, a free and fair evaluation of the November 2020 election? They basically gave the award to a bunch of never-Trumpers, including Liz Cheney, right? The Kennedys and the Profile and Courage Award. Just remember this. Ted Kennedy. Yeah, uh, Ted Kennedy. uh, We were not under the influence of uh, liquor. I I drove uh, Mary Jo home, but uh, we we got lost and... uh, the car went over the bridge. I tried to save her, but I I had my own future to consider. No, I uh, I tried to save her, but then suddenly I realized the Kennedy family must be under some curse. So I went behind the dunes and I found a rowboat and I went to I went to Edgerton where I had been in a regatta for many years. And then uh, two days later, I told the police about what happened. This guy was given out the Profile and Courage Award. He let a woman die in a creek, drown in a ditch. And he had a role in handing out the Profile and Courage Award, huh? The Kennedys. You can have them. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Well, now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that uh, Congressman Kevin McCarthy, the Republican leader, is a swamp snake. Kind of really did already know that, but I mean, now it's beyond confirmed. 
And I don't like the New York Times. I don't like the mainstream media. I don't like taping people surreptitiously and embarrassing them. But uh, Kevin McCarthy uh, should be embarrassed. Uh, He has no business being speaker. You know, he wants to be speaker. Absolutely not. Will not happen. This has rendered him ineligible. Then again, he's probably got a lot of swamp friends who are still going to back him up. Why am I angry at Kevin McCarthy? Because he told uh, on a conference call with senior members of Congress shortly after January 6th that President Trump should resign. Yeah, right, huh? How do you want you want that guy in the foxhole with you? Why? Why should he resign? Why? Because Capitol Hill police failed to do their jobs? Because Nancy Pelosi? What the hell did she do? Did she give them the order to let them inside? Because Capitol Hill police killed Ashley Babbitt? Did he have anything to do with that? No! And you can look at everything Donald Trump said. Of course, he did not incite a riot. It's ludicrous. But they have a, it's interesting, a very low tolerance for unseemly behavior from white people. Yet black people can riot all they want during the summer of Black Lives Matter. And that's uh, that's okay. We'll we'll get on our knees and support that. But when uh, some white people go nuts, facilitated, I believe, by Democrats and the Capitol Police, and looks like dozens of undercover FBI agents, uh, there's absolutely no tolerance, no tolerance. And by the way, nothing really was broken, and nobody was hurt. In a serious way, except for Ashley Babbitt. What did Kevin McCarthy say? Let me hear this. It's cut 43. I've had a few discussions. My gut tells me no. I'm seriously thinking of having that conversation with him tonight. I haven't talked to him in a couple days. From what I know of him, I mean, you guys all know him too. Do you think he'd ever back away? But what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to call him. This is what I think. No one will pass the House. I think there's a chance he'll pass the Senate even when he's gone. And I think there's a lot of different ramifications for that. Now, I haven't had a discussion with the Dems that if he did design, would it not happen? Now, this is one personal fear I have. I do not want to get into any conversation about Pence pardoning anything like that. I mean, the only discussion I would have with him is that I think this will pass. And it would be my recommendation we should do that. I mean, that would be my take, but I don't think he would take it. But I don't know. I don't know. He's going to try it. Tell him to resign because impeachment's going to pass the Senate. So you got to resign. Not a wartime consigliere, is he, huh? You know what he is? He is a swamp snake. A career politician slash bureaucrat. I looked it up. Kevin McCarthy has been a paid political operative since he's 22 years old. 22 years old. How many 22-year-olds really want to have a life in politics, huh? It says something about you. You're a little bit demented if that's how you want to spend your time. It does. And I know people like that. That's all right. You need some demented people out there. You need some of these people, but he's demented. And he was seeking glory for himself. And so he gets into, uh, you know, the political system out there. He's interning for a congressman. Then he becomes a staff member for the congressman. Then he gets his big break. He runs for uh, state house there in California. And then he becomes a congressman, and, you know, that's uh, that's what they do. They go up this greasy pole, 
They're always shimmying up that political pole. Meanwhile, um, so he knows where his bread is buttered, you know, scratch your back. I get mine scratched, all that stuff. And then Donald Trump shows up. You think this guy has any affinity for a guy like Trump? Hmm? Who knows how to actually get things done in the real world and blows up the entire system? This guy is the system. Of course he can't stand Trump. Of course he wants him gone. Of course he wants him to resign, and therefore he could never come back. That was the plan. You know what I mean, Tom? He's calling from Florida. Tom, you want to talk about this guy. What's up? Man, I love you, Gray. I'm a 43-year law enforcement retired, and I, I just support you all out. Listen, I literally just got off the phone with Kern County, California, Republican headquarters, asking if he had any opposition no. And they, I was told, we love Kevin. And I said, well, you're in, a, you're in a different world out there. Other people can't stand him. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't fight. He's got no ump. And he's a car salesman. Yeah, that's what he looks like, a car salesman. Nothing wrong with being a car salesman, but uh, he looks like a car salesman. He actually owned a small delicatessen. Again, nothing wrong with being a deli owner, but... He has minimal experience in the private sector. So you called these guys. You called the party officials. By the way, the party officials, of course they like him. You know, scratch your back, I'll scratch mine. That's that sick little system. He serves the party more than he serves the people. So let's keep an eye on it. Hey, there is this, Tom. This this audio is new. You know what I mean? You heard the tape, right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was already doing it before I heard the tape. Hey, where are you in Florida? Yeah. Gainesville. Gainesville. Uh, University of Florida, right? Well, hey, pal, thank you so much for your support. There's the music. I got to go. Thanks, Tom. Be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. It's called BIE, Black Identity Extremism. And the FBI, at one point, um, well being a professional organization that it used to be, they weren't afraid of talking about it because, like Islamic extremism, uh, like any kind of extremism, it's bad. And it's out there, and it's got to be dealt with, right? Uh, Wrong. Wrong. You can't deal with it. You can't. Yeah, it's going to offend people. It's going to offend feelings. And and, and media, you can't talk about it either, right? Actually, I don't even have to tell the media. They already know. They already got the memo. Here, listen to this. Uh, Cut 18. Uh, This is how the news reported in Boston. Quite frankly, um, about 18 children who happen to be uh, black beat up on a woman. They happen to who happen to be white, or at least they thought she was white. Her ethnicity may be a bit more uh, complex, but listen to how they report the story. Now, if any, if it was any other combination, white kids beating up a 20-year-old woman of color, I believe that race would have been part of the equation, don't you? Cut 20. Ah, make that 18. New video shows the disturbing attack in downtown Crossing. A 20-year-old woman beaten and kicked by a group of juveniles while she's already down. One of them as young as 12 years old. Wow. Bad stuff, right? Horrible, horrible, horrible. And you can watch report after report after report. And they don't say anything about race. Interesting, right? Why wouldn't that be part of the story? Because every other time, literally... Every other time, if a white person happens to be involved and happens to be in the wrong, or at least they want to portray that person in the wrong, 
You will not hear the end of it. Cut 21. A viral video of an eight-year-old boy being taken into custody has sparked an internal review by the Syracuse Police Department. This video was recorded by a passerby. It's disturbing. It shows three officers putting the little boy into a police car after they say he stole something from a store. I think it was a bag of chips. The video has been shared more than a million times on social media. Some people accuse police of overreacting. Syracuse's mayor says the officers did not handcuff the boy. He says they took him home after his father to his father and did not press any charges. The mayor has asked the Syracuse police to review all of that footage of the incident. Wow, all that footage. This thing, a kid stole some chips and they brought the kid back to the father. What else are they supposed to do with the kid? What are you supposed to do? Uh, that's okay. Give him a medal? Uh, send him on his way? This is a real problem in certain neighborhoods. People ripping off stuff. I've heard of older kids using big kids, actually, for criminal purposes. This sparked a, well, a wannabe national conversation. Listen to how they handle it on CBS. CBS, cut 12. It's a huge step in the right direction here. And the fact that we're following it up uh, with... Uh, I'm sorry, 22. The mayor of Syracuse says the officer knew the child from prior interactions. Police say they are reviewing the body camera videos from all three officers involved in this incident. I think it's uh, triggering when you look at the numbers in terms of how black and brown children have been criminalized. And you see an eight-year-old and you ask yourself, is there any other way we could have handled this? Black and brown children have been criminalized? That's according to Jerika Duncan of CBS News. She offered not a shred of evidence or numbers or backup or anything for that horrific statement they've been criminalized you know what i think jerica duncan i think you have weaponized race oh and gender for that matter yeah yeah she gets a nasty text from her boss over there at 60 minutes once and they make a federal case out of it literally you can look it up she gets a nasty text message she was doing a report about the boss and the boss said hey uh You sure about this? And they actually put that in the news. Very strange people over there. But anyway, look, um, weaponized. uh, Maybe it's just been stylized. But race and gender, that's really big right now. And Jerika Duncan just said that uh, black and brown children have been criminalized. And listen to how everybody at the table from uh, some white guy to some white girl to Gail King Falling all over themselves in a rush to agree with her. Cut 23. Well, it seems like such a teachable moment that if you had called the parents to the scene, that there could have been a different interaction. And maybe they attempted that. I mean, I think they should do a thorough review. And if there's a better way to do it, better way to handle it, that should be the new practice. But once again, it's the cell phone that Mm -hmm. sort of shines light on how these things happen or bring about questions about possible policies that might yeah it's hard when you hear the anguish of the child who's clearly very shaken up and probably maybe a little traumatized by it you do have to wonder is there a better way because i think well not everybody but many kids have stolen stuff from stores uh i just love it when people in the comfort of a studio in manhattan just sit there and second guess uh, a cop on the beat in syracuse Maybe Gail and Tony and Jerika and the other one can get on a bus or get on a – who flies to Syracuse? How do you get to Syracuse? 
It's actually only about two and a half hours. I used to live in Binghamton for eight months, and you could make it there in about two hours. Anyway, get your asses up to uh, Syracuse and do one of those, what do they call them again, a ride-along. And you can evaluate You can evaluate how it all goes down. And by the way, this kid has, uh, well, no stranger to cops. No stranger to the police. It's all about race, except when they don't want it to be about race. Okay? Uh, hey, the Piers Morgan thing. Is there anything left to say about it? The only thing that I want to add is that Piers, well, how do I feel about Piers? Look, Piers did not hype this himself. Personally, he did not do it. I think actually this may have been one of those things that they went in on together. There are little indications that said to me that Trump might be okay with a gross exaggeration. Are you ready? Uh, where is that promo? Do we have the promo? Um, where's the promo? Where's the promo? Go ahead, hit that promo, will you? Uh, wait, do we have it? What happened to it? Cut 24, is that it? Yeah, that's it. Cut 24, sorry. Okay, Piers, I'm ready. A former president in denial. I'll be completely straight with you. It's your face. I think I'm a very honest man. Much more honest than you, actually. Really? Yeah. It was a free and fair election. You lost. Only a fool would think You think I'm a fool? I do now, yeah. With respect. Excuse me. Okay, with respect. The legacy. It's the hard evidence. Excuse me. The most explosive interview of the year. I don't think you're real. It's, I really it's just I'm not like very dishonest. Just... Let's finish up the interview. Morgan versus Trump. Turn the camera off. Very dishonest. Only on Talk TV. Oh, my God. This sounds like the most riveting TV in the history of the world. Of course, it didn't really happen that way, but that's not Piers's voice. I think Piers is a bit of a showman, and let's face it, so is Trump. I think they might have been in on this together, and that's why I hedged, actually, last night. I had a big banner, a big graphic, you know, next to the anchorman, next to me. It had a picture of uh, Piers and a little scene from the interview, and I called Piers the fraud. I'm like, he's a fraud because the real interview turned out. uh, Do we have the pleasant exchange, how it really sounded? We have that, right? Uh, The pleasant back and forth. Uh, Let's see here. Trump, Trump, here's an exclusive interview. Ah, 25. Cut 25. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. That was great. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. You see, it was no big deal. It was all benign it was totally fine uh but wait that made me oh so i said that uh appears is a fraud and then i had another backup graphic that i used and i called for it and it said peers is a fraud and in parentheses i put maybe okay maybe because i think that this was kind of uh he gave himself some plausible deniability and even trump said that Piers is not a total slime ball. He said he's not a total slime ball uh, for doing what he did. Um, but Piers has had some weird moments over the years, and that's why he's always been on my probation uh, probationary list. Remember when he got mad at his friends on the Good Morning Britain show? You'll hear this guy chewing him out. I forgot what the issue was. Uh, uh, Piers either hates the royal family or loves the royal family, and somebody disagreed with him about the royal family, and then this happened. Uh, you'll hear some guy lecturing him, and then Piers just gets up and walks out. I would never do that. Remember, like on Good Day New York, if I was really that mad to walk out on live television? And believe me, I got plenty steamed on plenty of occasions. And I'm sure Rosanna did too. God bless her. But here, let's go. 26. 
Mm. And I understand that you don't like Meghan Markle. You've made it so clear a number of times on this programme, a number of times. And I understand that you've got a personal relationship with Meghan Markle or had one and she cut you off. She's entitled to cut you off if she wants to. Has she said anything about you since she cut you off? I don't think she has, but yet you continue to trash her. OK, I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. No, oh, uh, sorry. So, do you know what? That's pathetic. You can trash me, maybe, not my no, own. No, no, no. See I'm, you later. I'm being... Sorry, can't this do this. This is absolutely diabolical behaviour. Diabolical behaviour. Can you imagine anybody on American TV accusing anybody who just got up and walked out of diabolical behaviour? What is it with the Brits? Why do they talk like that? Diabolical behavior. I saw a police official, uh, I don't know, some crime in Britain, and he gets up at the platform at the podium and he says, our officers will pursue this matter with the greatest alacrity. Alacrity? I mean, yeah, I know what it means. I learned it in high school, but uh, it's the last time I even thought about the word alacrity. With great zeal or uh, uh, diligence or something like that. Alacrity. A lot of activity. Uh, something along those lines. Who says those things? Anyway, uh, back to Piers. He's a bit of a hothead, I guess. A bit of a high-maintenance weirdo. Now, here he is having a debate with uh, Ben Shapiro. You know the boy genius? He's no longer a boy. I guess he's a full-grown man now. Uh, Piers Morgan and Ben Shapiro back on CNN in 2013. They're debating gun control. And listen to how Piers loses it. Ben Shapiro is talking first, I believe. Cut 27. What you tend to do is you tend to demonize people who differ from you politically by standing on the graves of the children of Sandy Hook, saying they don't seem to care enough about the dead kids. If they cared more about the dead kids, they would agree with you on policy. I think we can have a rational political conversation about balancing rights and risks and rewards of all of these different policies. But I don't think that what we need to do is demonize people on the other side as, as being unfeeling. About, the, about what happened in Sandy How dare you accuse me of standing on the graves of the children that died there? How dare you? I've seen you do it repeatedly, Pierce. Like I say, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? Well, that's what you do when you're losing an argument, or maybe when you just think you say something outrageous, it's going to get... And he's got that little... Uh, he's, that, he's got that going on. Uh, so, Piers, uh, Trump, no problem there. Oh, CNN Plus... This is not really, I don't think people really care. Nobody even knew about it, but P, CNN Plus is gone. It was around for about a month. I predicted it. I predicted it when they first announced it back in February, and I put out a tweet. CNN Plus, nobody wants it. It's even stupider than regular CNN. <laughs> I just, nobody's going to pay for this. And who do they have to show off? Fake news, Chris Wallace, who is in the... Listen to the. You're going to hear him in a moment. He's walking through a dark corridor like some fake news vampire. It's really strange. Cut 28. A trusted television journalist with over 50 years experience in politics and world events. And now he's streaming. We have a lot to talk about. <laughs> Who cares? I mean... Is there a dearth of Chris Wallace content? The guys was on that silly Fox News Sunday show every Sunday for 13 years, 17 years, something like that. Hey, by the way, when he left that show, he did. He thanked nobody on the 25th anniversary of Fox News Sunday. He thanked nobody. When Tony Snow left the show, he thanked everybody. When Tony Snow 
left the White House. Tony Snow is a Fox News Sunday host before Chris Wallace, one of the nicest guys, one of the smartest guys ever. Very good on the radio, by the way. He used to fill in for Rush all the time. And I remember very well when he left. He even thanked Chris Wallace, of all people. He thanked Chris Wallace from the White House podium. He thanked his makeup artist from Fox at the White House podium. An amazing guy. And Chris thanked no one at the end of his uh, whatever. He spent many years there. All right, so CNN Plus, uh, we won't have to worry about that anymore. It never had a chance. I mean, does this sound like anything interesting, anything that you would pay for? This is the commercial for CNN Plus. Listen carefully. This is just like the new, this is like CNN with better music in the background. Cut 29. We've been watching history unfold. Are you ready for a new beginning? Let's go deeper on this. This is make or break. It's having an effect on our daily lives. There are two new developments to talk about. Here are five things you need to know. They took every cliche from local TV news and crammed it into a 20-second commercial, huh? Here are two new developments. This is breaking news, I heard somebody say. This will affect our lives. Here are five things you need to know. Anybody who says here are five things you need to know, I said, can we make it three? Nobody wants to sit around for a list of five. You might read a list of five, but you don't want to sit there and listen to a list of five. It's like that sounds like a lecture. Three is much more viable. Just say three, even if you're going to say five things. And it goes on like this. Cut 30. This is the big picture. We have a lot to talk about. Uh Uh-oh. Breaking news. Breaking news. David Bonanna. What the hell is his name again? The uh, the suspect in the Forest Hills grisly murder of that 51-year-old housewife mom of two was here illegally. Here illegally, huh? How about that? You know, he could have gotten around to applying for a citizenship for crying out loud. He's been here illegally for 20 years. I just got this little tip. Here illegally. How about that? What do they call the survivors of this kind of thing? Angel moms, angel dads, angel sons and daughters? Well, just another ugly aspect, coda to that whole sordid affair out there in Forest Hills. Very sad. All right, is it time? It's time. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, hey, do we play that where Joe Biden gets really mad at everybody? Do we play that yet? No, right? So Joe Biden yesterday, listen to this pep talk, huh? You feel like, uh, (laughs) who is he to talk to us like this? Go ahead. I was with Xi Jinping. I've traveled with 17,000 miles and spent more time with many other world leaders. All right, stop it for a second. First, he tells this ridiculous story that we've all heard a million times. It's a very strange story to tell, but he's told it before. You know, I've been with President Xi, and 
You know why he says that, by the way? It's a little thing he's up to, and he's doing it out of muscle memory now. He's just conveying to all the business big shots there. If you want to get the president Xi, if you want to do business in China, Hunter's available. That's exactly what's going on. you got to read Miranda Devine's book, The Laptop from Hell. Brilliant section in there about this. All right, keep going. And we're up to 90-some hours of talking or meeting together over the last six, seven years. And we're in Can you imagine having to listen to Joe Biden for 90 hours? Seriously, President Xi, who was giving, who had the upper hand in that conversation? This guy or President Xi? Yeah, I know, I know. All right, keep going. Of the Tibet. And he asked me, he said, and he said, can you define America for me? I said, yeah, I can, in one word. And he looked at me, I said, what do you mean, in one word? I said, possibilities. Anything's possible in America. Anything's possible. And that's what we're exactly we're going to do today. Do what we are capable of doing. Stop feeling sorry for ourselves. Get the hell up and take this country back in a way that we lead the world again because we can do it. We're on the way to doing it. And with the help of your delegation, we're going to get it done. Oh, yeah. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, you mean it. That's the kick in the ass we all needed, right? Uh, We were just waiting for that kind of pep talk. Wow. That made all the difference. Now I'm going to really focus. Wow. Thank you, Joe. All right, Daryl. Is calling from that town in, uh, where are you? You're in Virginia. Where are you? Yeah, McGackiesville. I called you last week. Yeah, I had trouble with your city's name last week. Anyway, where is that? <laughs> uh, right outside of Harrisonburg. All right, don't know where that is either. What's up, Daryl? Yeah, um, I was just uh, thinking, uh, well, I wasn't just thinking, but when at the State of the Union meeting, I only watched it for two minutes, and Joe Biden said, "Lower wages, uh, raise wages, and lower prices." After he raised gas a dollar fifty, and then two days after the State of the Union, he raised gas another fifty cents in a gallon. So uh, <laughs> that's what that's what I was thinking about. You know. Okay. Yeah. Thanks, Daryl. Anything else going on down there? Well, I'm still trying to find out who's. Um, Who's giving provisions for all these uh, people that's coming to the United States with one bag, and and all of a sudden they got a place to live, and we got homeless living in tents? Oh, that's right. You're the guy who pointed it out to me last week. It's a very good observation. I saw a whole new busload of immigrants, illegal immigrants, get off in Washington, D.C. last night. And I thought of you because, uh, interestingly, they had bags for the most part. They had bags. But this yeah, thing one bag. this thing that Governor Abbott has come up with is uh, is really now, I think, it's affecting Washington, D.C. Daryl, thank you. Uh, let's get another one. We got Andrew. Uh, hi, Andrew. How you doing, Greg? Good. Hey, uh, I was just wondering if, um, if uh, January 6th could be uh, called actually Babbitt Day. Hmm. Mm, hmm. Hmm. By whom? Maybe you could talk. Maybe you could talk to the Babbitt family and get their blessing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's going to call it that? It's, let's face it; it's not going to be a federal holiday or anything like that. It's uh, no, just you know to, to keep her name. You know. Well, we're not going to forget her. And actually, you remind me. I, I want to talk to Aaron Babbitt, her uh, husband. Um, we're never going to forget her. And by the way, we're going to have to push the Republicans to get. Uh, once they take over, if they take over, and I think they're going to take over, a lot of those Republicans want to look the other way on this one as well. Ain't happening. Okay. Andrew, thanks for reminding us. And one more. I got Cheech in Suffolk County. Hi. 
Hey, how's it going, Greg? Good afternoon. I'm, All right. Uh, I hope you're, you're yeah. good. I hope your father's fine. Everybody's good. With this, this, this poor guy, I think it was a security guard. He gets shot in the head. All right. Now, oh, yeah, in Atlanta. In, in Atlanta, right? Atlanta, Georgia, yeah, right. Yeah. He gets shot in the head. And these guys, they're, they're walking around. They're pilfering him. I mean, they're walking past. One guy shaking his head. They're keeping. They keep going back and forth. What? What? I, I mean, I, I was brought up in a wholesome family, Greg. A nice wholesome Italian family. And I know why. My father was a little bit of a racist, just a little. But I know why, and I'll tell you why. Oh you know? boy, because what? Of what? Those bad apples. Those right. bad apples. Well, there are bad apples, as you know, in every community, man. Even the Italians. I've heard of Italians shooting other Italians, by the way. Uh, listen, Cheech, I saw that video. I'm sure you're upset. I'm upset by it. We played it on the Newsmax show. It was awful stuff. A guy does walk very casually behind a security guard and blows him away. And, yeah, other people picked his pockets and ran off. Bad news. And the guy seemed to have no fear whatsoever of being caught. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Hey, we talked about this yesterday. I can't believe that that Brooklyn shooting on the subway took place last Tuesday. It was last week. It's Friday. It's still last week, less than two weeks ago. Oh, my God. It was such a big deal. They almost put the city on lockdown. This guy was on the loose for, what, a day and a half, two days and a half, something like that. And they got him, and they found out, oh, my gosh, he is a total uh, head case slash black identity extremist. That is a thing, by the way. It's a real ideology. It has adherence. It's growing. Oh, boy, it's growing. Part of the you know grievance culture, and they, they, black identity extremists perceive all kinds of grievances, and those grievances are exaggerated and hyped and even made up out of thin air by the mainstream media. Um. You know, Frank James was a criminal, but he kind of retired. He had not been arrested since 2007, 15 years ago. But at 62, and my belief is he had a steady diet of MSNBC and NPR and all that junk. And then he started sounding like this. Cut 19. Useless white whore. Dirty white. You want to look down at me? You. All right. All right. And there are hours and hours and hours and hours of this stuff. This guy yelling at his uh, YouTube, uh, what do you call those, camcorders? Uh, what do you call the camera on the computer? Camera on the computer. Um, he's yelling at it, making videotapes. What did he hope What did he hope would come of that? Other than the authorities looking to it after he, one more time, what was his message here? Let me see if I can decode this. Okay, go ahead. Use this white whore. Dirty white You want to look down at me? you. Wow. Better not disrespect this guy. Yikes. Um, <laughs> I was just looking at you. I didn't even... I didn't... Bam, 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 bam. Um, now, I've heard from some people that are like, well, Greg, you know, nobody was killed, and that's why it's not bigger news. Oh, yeah? Well, why the hell is it that I can't stop hearing about January 6th? Nobody was killed then, except Ashley Babbitt, of course. Oh, yeah, Ashley Babbitt, a protester, was killed. Kevin McCarthy, say her name. 
Nancy Pelosi say her name, huh? And God bless Donald Trump for saying her name and being in touch with the Babbitt family and saying, you know, it's a pretty basic and honest question. What the hell happened to Ashley Babbitt? Who the hell shot Ashley Babbitt? A guy who, by the way, probably is a B.I.E., black identity extremist by the name of Lieutenant Michael Byrd. Why did you shoot her? Well, I shot her because she was a threat. And tell us how. Well, she was coming in and I aimed center mass, but apparently I hit her neck. It was very difficult for me. You know what was difficult for him? Keeping track of his own gun. This nincompoop was losing his own weapon in the toilet. He left his gun in the toilet. How the hell can you keep your job if you leave your gun in the toilet? And then for all of his trouble, they gave him a gold medal. They gave him a gold medal for killing an unarmed woman. But it was an unarmed white woman. Oh, yeah. And there ain't, you don't get much lower than that in today's America. Hmm? And they're trying to train white women. Oh, boy, are they trying to train them. You go with us or watch out. You even look at somebody the wrong way. I mean, literally. Hey, look at Frank James. He'll shoot you. Cut 19. Useless white whore. Dirty white. You want to look down at me? You. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How about that lady in St. Louis who had the temerity, the boldness, the the audacity to say to a man she did not recognize entering her condominium, who the hell are you? And she didn't even say it like that. She was very nice. You're not supposed to let people in you don't know. Have you ever lived in one of those buildings? There's no doorman. You're not supposed to let anybody in you don't know. Well, what if it's a delivery man? Well, they can call the tenant themselves. You can't have people sneaking in right behind you. They put that on the national news. This is a deliberate effort to control the way they vote. Oh, yeah. Start virtue signaling. Start apologizing for your race and start voting the right way. And maybe we'll let you off the hook. So B.I.E., Black Identity Extremism. It's a hell of a lot more relevant. It's a hell of a lot more prevalent than white supremacy. And once again, here we go. I renounce and condemn white supremacy. It is a hateful, stupid, lunatic ideology. If you think you're superior because of your white skin, you are an idiot. And you can go join the three other white supremacists who are in the woods somewhere in West Virginia. Knock yourselves out. And the moment you break the law, I hope you're arrested. Now, can we talk about what's really happening? I mean, what's really happening is, yeah, Frank James. Cut 19. One more time. Useless white whore. Dirty white. You want to look down at me? You. Nah. So we have this thing called black identity extremism. Uh, But we don't. We don't. We did. It was a label. 
law enforcement, professionals came up with it because it's a thing. And they got rid of it. Because Cory Booker wanted to uh, flex his muscle, which I think, you know, Cory Booker, basically half of what he talks about is the fact that he's black, which is really interesting to him, but nobody else, except the mainstream media, the woke media. Oh, boy, do they love Cory. Cory Booker, senator. Who the hell has benefited from his quote-unquote, public public service, other than Cory Booker. They've written two books, two movies, and I think an opera about the life of Cory Booker. Why? Why? (laughs) Hello? I mean, he's just a guy. Oh, he went to Yale. (gasps) He went to Stanford. Well, so did a thousand other people last semester. But why is it that they, they're they so in, they're enthralled with his educational credentials? Oh, and he rented a studio apartment in the hood. He grew up a rich kid, by the way. Anyway, here he is shutting down uh, the FBI director or just assuring that we're never going to talk about black identity extremism again. And the swamp bureaucrat director of the FBI, Chris Ray, folds. And goes right along with it. Uh, Let's see here. This is a cut 20. So nobody's being surveilled or investigated on the black and any extremism. We don't use we don't use that terminology anymore. That was part of the reorganization of all of our domestic terrorism threat categorization. That terminology went away uh, as part of this racially motivated violent extremism category. Oh, shoot, by the way, uh, webcam was the word I was looking for. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thank you to my listeners. I was struggling to figure out what the hell they call that camera that's stuck into a computer. Anyway, it's a webcam. Thank you. Uh, The other thing is, uh, yeah, Christopher Ray. Yeah, we don't say that anymore. No, it's offensive. It's offensive to you, Cory Booker. It's offensive to me, and we're not going to do that anymore. Oh, no, no. Uh, But unfortunately, Frank James never got the memo because it's still a thing. It's real. And it's fueled by a hell of a lot of fake news. A hell of a lot of fake news and a phony baloney conversation about the fake news. Mm, Are we over this kid in Syracuse? Am I making too big a deal out of it? I don't think so. Now we have decriminalized. We've decriminalized shoplifting, essentially. You know that, right? If if somebody loads up on a shopping bag full of stuff at the drugstore... No one's going to do anything. No one can do anything. No. Step right up. You, have you seen the capitulation, essentially, that now they have plastic barriers? If you want to buy jelly beans, you got to get the guy, and he unlocks it. That's a tough job, by the way. I have such respect for anybody who's working. I really do. Retail. Um, hey, where do you get your shoe shined anymore? Have you notice that? It's hard to get shoe shined. Like in the old, and you know what I love getting, uh, why I love getting my shoe shined? It's like a little foot massage. It's a beautiful foot massage, but I, they're not around like they used to be. Um, yeah, I want to skip that for now. I'll come back to it. Um, Netflix, the woke Netflix. Watch out for all these phony baloney streaming services. You can waste your life streaming, by the way. You really can. Uh, Their latest absurdity is a movie 
about a man getting pregnant called uh, He is Expecting. Cut 31. It's actually only about two centimeters long. But that's your baby. A baby? Uh, what do you... I need you to listen to me carefully, Mr. Hiyama. You're a pregnant man. I kind of feel like a chump debating transgender stuff as much as I do because it doesn't affect real people. I'm still trying to get my arms around, my head around, why the hell this has been crammed down our throats. As Peter Thiel said, when he was a kid in the 1960s, you know what they talked about? Going to the moon! Going to Mars. Hey, by the way, it's Earth Day, and I don't do anything special for Earth Day. The only thing I like about Earth Day is, well, two things. Richard Nixon invented it. Established it, I should say. He also established the Environmental Protection Agency. In many ways, domestically, Nixon was a bit of a liberal, uh, domestically, and a very pragmatic politician. But anyway, I like the guy. I really do. Tonight on my Newsmax show, we'll have Christopher Nixon Cox, the grandson of Richard Nixon, who could be president himself someday. This guy's a genius. Uh, I expect he'll be ambassador to China. He's a very thoughtful young man, and he's got a hell of a lot of uh, life left. He's, uh, I think he's in his late 30s. He's going to be around for a long time. Very talented guy. The grandson of Richard Nixon. Um, where was I going with that? Richard? Oh, yeah, Earth Day. Happy Earth Day. And the other thing I like about Earth Day is it gives me the opportunity to show off my favorite picture. Uh, my favorite poster. I had this in my room as a kid. Did you have posters in your uh, room as a kid? I was uh, of age right when it became cool. Well, you all had, we all had posters and just stuck them up on the wall with scotch tape. But then around eighth grade, I became very uh, design-focused. I really did. We had this artist friend of the family, and is such a cool guy. He was an artist, and we got to know him, and he just had this uh, way of uh, doing things and everything uh, – just really good design, and he helped me with my model railroad track. Uh, by the way, uh, my dad was the—I mean, come on. I mean, compared to my dad, this guy was like a babysitter. He came by and babysat every now and then. But what was I going to say about that? Uh, um, regarding the TV, uh, shoot, the train set. Where was I going with that? Uh, Ray, I'm going to go to you for a moment while I un. <laughs> Unscrew myself here. Ray, hi, you're in Bayonne. Da, Louie, you're in Hackensack. No, go back to Ray. Ray, what's up? Yeah, uh, how are you, Greg? Um, I, you reminded me of a little story. I bought a condo in uh, 2004, and the first time I entered the front door, there was this little old black lady, and she said, May I help you? And I said, yeah, I just bought this condo here. And uh, she said, well, because we're not supposed to just let people in, you know, who who, who we don't know. Uh, So this lady and another black lady and a Puerto Rican lady all on my floor have become the three best neighbors I have ever had in my life. So this race relations stuff. To me, you want to talk about fake news, building up all this crap? Uh, you know, I just don't get it, Greg. 
I hear you, pal, and uh, I'm glad that everything worked out there, uh, and you've got great friends, and uh, it doesn't matter. As my, uh, what's that group called? There's a group I like out of the U.K. called the Divorce Posse, and they got a great song. It says, your color doesn't matter, and I like that, and I like that you had this moment. And can you imagine, can you imagine if the roles were reversed as it was uh, with that lady in St. Louis? It's national news. Now, we have anchors that don't mean anything anymore. David Muir, Lester Holt, the other one. Uh, but can you imagine, like in the 80s, you know, Dan Rather coming on and said, tonight, a woman refused to open her door for a black man she did not know. I mean, what the hell? How absurd is that? All right, I got to go back and figure out why the hell I was talking about that babysitter who uh, babysat me. What the hell? What was it? What was it right before? Uh, uh, give me a second. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Uh, okay, I remember why I was talking about that uh, guy who was uh, very artistic because I got into uh, framing my posters. All right, I was very uh, you know uh, into design and. Uh, Interior design, almost. I know that sounds a little bit surprising, a little bit out of the box, but I did. I liked a. Uh, I was very. I was a bit of a neat freak. For a, I'm sure, my parents would disagree, but uh, anyway, I found a beautiful uh, picture of the planet Earth, and I'm like, I want that framed, and I framed it, and it's a very beautiful picture. It's the only non-composite picture of the Earth that is actually full. You know, you got a full moon. This is a full Earth. It was taken in 1972 by the crew of Apollo 17 on their way to the moon. And this is the last time, by the way, America has been in deep space. I later met the astronaut who took the picture. His name is Jack Schmidt. Now, if Jack Schmidt was walking down the street and you met him, you would never recognize him. You would never, you would never think twice. A pretty you know, ordinary-looking guy and a nice-looking guy, but you just never would look twice. And it's just amazing. Uh, he walked on the moon. And not only that, and he take, he took this incredible picture, the only one like it, by the way, ever, because of the phases of the moon. This you know, It's not like you can just get a full Earth shot whenever you go up into space. No, this was the only time. And I'm about to tweet it if you want to check it out. So what else about this guy? So he walks on the moon. He's about 34 or 35 years old. And very interesting, he was not in the military. He was a geologist. He went to Harvard for a Ph.D. in geology, of all things. They wanted to send a full-fledged scientist. You know, basically, in NASA back then, they were all pilots, and they, they had him brush up on geology. Well, this guy was a geologist, and they had him, you know, learn how to fly, but he was primarily a scientist, and he goes to the moon, with his buddy. What was his buddy's name? Who was the... Je- uh, Gene Cernan was the commander. And anyway, they go to the moon, and there was another guy, I should know his name, who was flying overhead in the command module. All right, I'll get back to that. They go to the moon. Amazing, right? They bring back a bunch of rocks. They slept there for three days. They had a moon buggy, and they drove all over the place. And uh, we have not been back to the moon since. This guy takes that picture. I meet him many years later, I think in 2013 at the Cradle of Aviation Museum on Long Island. So why the hell am I going into all this? Uh, Oh, the picture is amazing. Oh, and also Jack Schmidt. He gets back from the moon. He's 35 years old. What are you going to do next? It's 1972. Well, you know what he does? He runs for the United States Senate. 
and wins. He wins. And so before he's 40 years old, he's walked on the moon and he's become a United States senator, which is, some say, the most exclusive club in the world. I mean, it's one pain in the neck to get in there. Hey, just ask Dr. Oz, okay? And by the way, Pennsylvania, I'm counting on you to vote for Dr. Raz. I think he's amazing. I know he's amazing. I know him well. Great guy. Uh, don't give me this crap. Oh, uh, he's friends with Oprah. Look it up online. Donald Trump took a million pictures with Oprah. They were very close. In fact, the day that Donald Trump declared for president, George Stephanopoulos asked him about Oprah. Would you like Oprah as your running mate? And he said, well, you know, Oprah's very good. I would love to have Oprah. I would love to have the Oprah. He actually said that, and maybe he was kidding, but whatever. It's fine. People are friends with all kinds of people. You don't have to—how dull would the world be if you only were friends with people you agreed with? It would stink, although, quite frankly, it's becoming that way. It really is, especially for me. I mean, I'm totally down with having friends who disagree with me, but they're not down with having me as a friend anymore, I've noticed. Yeah, it's happening. I've gotten some really nasty texts out of the blue. Uh, you know, somebody from high school sent me this uh, thing, shame on you. I'm like, gee whiz. Another guy won't talk to me. I mean, all that stuff. Who cares? It's fine. You make new friends. You make new friends. So, and that's all right. Sometimes you hold on to the the old friends and, you know, you got to live. You got to live. All right. I'll leave it at that. Uh, what else did I want to say? It's time, I guess, for a break. Oh, we're going to do what Rush used to do, which is your phone calls on a Friday. He called it Friday Phones. And, oh, I'm going to tweet that picture of the Earth. It is a very beautiful picture. And remember what I told you about it. It was taken by a guy who <laughs> walked on the moon, 1972. We haven't been back since. We are way, way, way overdue. And I just think it's amazing. And this picture was in my bedroom um, from eighth grade through college. It means a lot to me. Anyway, I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. A Marjorie Taylor Greene, congresswoman from Georgia, Republican of Georgia. Uh, the left love to hate her. Their, uh, I guess, their version of AOC for us, Okay. Uh, we can't stand AOC. She's on the wrong side of everything. They can't stand MTG. However, she's on the right side of everything. She really is uh, an amazing patriot, brave, strong, and super-duper articulate. Super-duper articulate. Hey, by the way, um, speaking of which, not too long ago, there was a debate in this country, and it still comes up. That if you call a person of color articulate, somehow that's condescending. Somehow that's racist. Oh, yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. They've racialized everything. Complimenting somebody on their eloquence is somehow racist. You know, one of my memories, I guess, uh, we did this a lot when I was growing up. My dad and I would watch the Sunday shows. We'd watch uh, This Week with uh, David Brinkley. We'd watch Meet the Press with uh, Mort Kondraki. No, not Mort Kondraki. What was that guy's name? Garrett. Garrett somebody. Um, we watched Face the Nation with Leslie Stahl. And they'd have these brilliant people on. Brilliant. And I remember my dad saying, gosh, that guy is so articulate. And he was talking about George Will. 
Now we know he's a bit of a, he's a Trump-hating geek. You know, the guy with the glasses. But, yeah, it's possible for people to be impressed with uh, the command of the English, English language that others have. And sometimes they're white, sometimes they're Asian, sometimes they're black, sometimes they're Hispanic. Who cares? Eloquence is eloquence. And I just, that's heartbreaking how, how dangerous we've made things. How touchy everybody is about everything, huh? When did that happen? Well, that actually has been a thing for a long time. And then for a while, you couldn't call a black person black. You had to go to the African-American, and then you could insult somebody a million different ways if you said African-American, if you applied that incorrectly. And now we always capitalize the B. Always capitalize the B in black. Now, why do we do that? I happen to notice that the white and W is still lowercase. And then I've looked it up, and the crazy, convoluted, cockamamie uh, uh, explanation, justification for capitalizing the B. You know what they want? I hate to say it, but they want a race war. They want us to be at each other's throats. You know, why else with the mainstream media? An unfortunate, I don't want to say it's unfortunate, it happened. Yeah, it's overall, it's unfortunate. But when Patrick Yayoya decides to ignore what cops are telling him, get out of the car, not cooperate, first back up, then run, then grab the cop's stun gun, and then fight the cop, well, he got shot. And this is a bad uh, story, sad. Nobody would give a damn if the both the... Uh, people involved were white, or if both the people were involved were black. But since the victim is black and the cop was white, oh boy. And that's what I hear all the time. White cop, black, unarmed person. White cop, black, unarmed person. All the time. They, they can't. I saw an NBC report. I think they said that six times in 90 seconds. Why? They're trying to inflame the issue. They want a riot. They want a race war. Why? Is it good for ratings? I don't know really why they want it. Political power? Money? I can tell you some folks, by the way, some folks, it's just about their own power. Lester Holt holding on to that job. Uh, What's her name? Uh, 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 Jerika Duncan holding on to her job. They've weaponized race. They've weaponized it. It's funny how you never hear about Dr. Martin Luther King anymore. You know, if you want to use a soundbite from Dr. Martin Luther King, you can't. I do this every day. I, I, we, have to, we have to beg, borrow, and steal sometimes to get soundbites when I'm on the Newsmax show. You do. And one place you don't even try to get soundbites from anymore is the Martin Luther King Foundation. Because they charge about $50,000 a pop. You want to use the I have a dream speech? Get in line and write us a check. Oh, yeah, profiteers. So the message, for a variety of reasons, number one, they're stingy with it. And number two, the left doesn't dig it anymore. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Martin Luther King's dream, not the color of our skin, but the content of our character? Of course that would be great. That is great. What a vision. And talk about articulate. Yes, he was a great speaker. Not like, by the way, Obama. A very mediocre speaker. Very mediocre. 
But he went to Harvard. But he had one dazzling smile. But he had those two beautiful kids. And Joe Biden certainly was blown away. All right, I'm going to leave that alone for a moment. Hey, uh, Mike is on the phone in the Bronx. Hello. Uh, Hello, Greg. You were talking about Apollo 17 recently. Yeah. The name of the third crewman was Ron Evans. Thank you. He's dead. Oh, yeah. Many, unfortunately, many of them have passed. And there was another famous Earth shot taken by Bill Anders on Apollo 8. It was called Earth Earthrise, and that was credited with um, by many with starting the uh, environmental movement. And today happens to be the anniversary of the formation of the EPA so, in 1970. Yeah, I mentioned the EPA thing earlier, but I will say this about the Bill Anders photograph. There is some discrepancy. There's some confusion, even controversy, over who actually took that picture. Uh, the Apollo 8 mission, who was on it? Let's see. Frank Borman. Level, level, so, level, hold on, I, 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 sir. I'm, uh, I'll, I'll fill in the blanks for you. Frank Borman, Jim Lovell, and yes, Mr. Anders. Um, Anders never went back into space, by the way. Neither did Borman. You know all three of those guys are still alive? They are. Yeah. And and they share another distinction. They're the only crew of Apollo or Gemini where the marriages all survived. That's true. Yeah. These guys... Uh, Oh wait a second! Jack Schmidt was a was he was well he was a bachelor so I guess it doesn't count. Yeah. Um, no, you're right. You're right to bring it up. That is a more famous picture. Certainly, Earthrise uh, had a greater impact. But my personal favorite is the 1972 Apollo 17 picture of the full Earth. I'm going to tweet well, it here in a moment. How do you know all this stuff? I love that you I'm know. A, it. I'm a space. I'm a space buff. I'm glad you brought it up because I wasn't aware of of uh, Jack Schmidt's photo, so I got to take a look at it. I'll tweet it at Greg Kelly USA. Hey, one other thing. And I think this is great for the New York area. There is a chance that the next person to walk on the moon uh, was born on Long Island and grew up in Baldwin, New York. Her name is Jasmine Mogbelli. I don't know her. I've never met her. I don't want to hurt her chances. Okay, so I have. But she went to MIT. She became a Marine Corps helicopter pilot and then qualified for the space program. She's scheduled to go up into the International Space Station pretty soon. And she's in the running to walk on the moon. And she went to Baldwin High School, by the way. Oh, so that's I, great to have a local person. That would be that would be really special. All right, Mike, thanks a lot. Uh, oh, and you know what you should do? And anybody listening, go to the Sea, Air, and Space Museum in Washington, D.C. And if you can't get there, go to the Intrepid Sea, Air, and Space Museum. Uh, it's just an amazing location. One of my favorite, possibly, one, I don't know, one of my like top fave spots. Top five favorite spots on Earth. Anthony in Old Bridge, New Jersey. Yes, sir. As always, great topics, Greg. Um, if um, two, two things about Cory Booker, he wasn't so dangerous. He is just a black version of Mr. Potato Head. And uh, no one has ever found out what has happened to that $100,000. What is that supposed to mean, a black version of Mr. Potato Head? I don't understand what you mean by that. He's bald and his head like bumpy looking like the Mr. Potato Head. I really don't remember Mr. Potato Head. I was not into that. I had no interest. I know it was a thing, but I never. All right, so I don't get that. <clears throat> Pardon me. But keep going. The second thing is they never found out what happened to that uh, Microsoft check that went to the city of Newark when he was the um, mayor. I think it was like a that was $100 million. It just disappeared. No one, They never found a computer, nothing. I think it was and- Facebook. I think it was Facebook that wrote the big check, $100 million. But it was one of those things, you know, you get all excited, $100 million, wow. And it's like $5 million a year over 20 years or something like that, and it's it's very much diluted. And 
But you're right about that. Whatever happened to that money? Uh, give us money, and we will make it disappear. They're like the magicians. Yeah, They're I know. Yeah, right. Imagine that. Given five, given a hundred million dollars to Newark, boy, and they say Mark Zuckerberg is smart. Hey, you know who was there that day to to receive the check? Chris Christie. I wonder how that guy's doing now. Uh, thank you, buddy. Uh, let me do another one. We've got Leonardo in Essex. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Good talking to you again. I, I just wanted to say you mentioned West by God, Virginia, one of my favorite places. However, uh, I did discover that, um, and well, I lived through it, actually, when Clarence Thomas was coming up uh we had somebody that was very against him and attacked him on the Senate floor. And that person was brought along by someone who was in Congress and then the Senate for 60 years. And he was from West Virginia. And his name was, uh, let's see what it says next to his Ku Klux Klan. Yeah, bird, 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 bird. Democrat, bird. He was a grand cyclops in the Ku Klux Klan. And Joe Biden couldn't get his uh, lips detached from his butt. And that's who brought him. So the white supremacist is actually in the White House, Joe Biden. Well, he certainly was pals with a white supremacist, and that was Senator Byrd of West Virginia. And you're right about that. The fake news and those stupid fact-checking sites, you know, it went out that he was a grand wizard in the Ku Klux Klan. And they would say, that's false, that's false, that's false, that's false. And he got away with it. That's that being false. But you're right. He wasn't the grand wizard. He was the grand cyclops. Some other weirdo rank in the Ku Klux Klan. Can you believe that? He got away with it. Anyway, Leonardo, great point. Great point. There's one other thing I wanted to do before we. Um, um, I'm, I'm definitely cutting off Netflix. I'm definitely going to bed early tonight. And I'm definitely going to talk to uh, Brian in Pennsylvania. Hi, Brian. Hey, I just wanted to talk to you about Dr. Oz. He's uh, a great man, are, right? Yeah, you're all over Eric Adams for not living in New York City, yet you're covering for Oz. Oz does not live in Pennsylvania. Yes, he does. He owns, he owns, wait a minute. Let no, me Tony, he lives in Pennsylvania. I know he's rich. He's got properties all over the place. When I get rich enough, I'll have properties all over the place. But he's living in Pennsylvania. He is not concealed his previous residence anywhere else. It's all there. You can ask him about it. He'll tell you about it. Whereas Eric Adams concealed and lied. Uh, There's a uh, big difference, Tony. Hey, Tony, wait a second. I thought you were in You're not a pen. Wait, oh, you're Brian. All right, Brian, listen, if you don't like Dr. Oz, I I, I hate to say it. We don't have too much to talk about. Oh, yeah, right, Brian. So do you like that? You like Donald Trump, right? You like Donald Trump? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Donald of course. Trump endorsed Mitt Romney twice. For Utah senator. That. For Utah. No, 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 no. I'm just saying if you think if you think Dr. Oz is a rhino, you got to take a look. First of all, his current positions are as conservative as they come, as MAGA as they come. So he's right in that regard. Absolutely. And uh, one other thing about that is. Uh, oh, yeah. Trump. Had all kind. He was all over the place over the years. When he decided to run for office, that's the important part. Where are you? What is your public stance now? Now, you get it. There's a difference. And by the way, I think Trump was right to endorse uh, Romney when he did. Uh, it was a gamble, but Romney, of course, uh, betrayed us all. 
He did. I know that Dr. Oz will not. All right. I got to take a... Do I have to? Yes, I do. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Nine minutes to the weekend. Then what? I'm all, like, hyped up. I got 18 deadlines every single day during the week. And then the weekend comes, and I'm like, huh. I'm so drifty and weird uh, on the weekends. And the structure, I need structure. I guess I should give a little update on the baby situation. We've got two of them, and they're doing fantastic. Uh, Annalise is two years and uh, February, March, April. Two years and three months. And today she actually said uh, out loud that her, well, I hate to be, I, I don't think this is crude, but she said, change the diaper. She actually said, change the diaper. Like, you know, and then the little baby was asleep and she said, Madeline is asleep. I just find that so wild, you know, to watch that brain grow and learn. It's, uh, it's impressive. It's amazing. Uh, so that's all going well, and uh, the house is coming together, and um, you know, we just moved. Furniture and whatnot is uh, coming together slowly but surely, and um, Annalise and Madeline, and uh, I think they're all listening right now. Many, many thanks. All right, so it's Friday. In honor of Rush Limbaugh, we're doing the phone thing. Uh, well, why do I care? Wait, what? Say that again. Who? The Bobby Powell from the Florida State Senate is on line seven. Well, how do you know he's the real deal? I could be getting prank phone called right now. I'll, I'll let me hold that for a second. Uh, all right. So, hey, Bobby Powell, I understand uh, you're a state senator from uh, Florida. Actually, Greg, I'm not that Bobby Powell. I'm Bobby Powell, the journalist that recorded a video of two federal agents attacking the Capitol. You had me on your uh, Newsmax show. Oh, last all right. Time. All right. Well, like, boy, we got that one kind of mixed up. But I remember you. Were you in the Marine Corps? Yes, sir. I oh, was. All right. Good. Yeah, I remember you, Bobby. Uh, assuming this is the real Bobby. Uh, what's on your mind, pal? Well, I just wanted to let you know that there's been an update. On November 20th of last year, my friend... Congressman Kerry Bentivoglio invited me to lunch at a rib shack in Bay City, where he offered me $200,000 on behalf of Michigan GOP Chairman Ron Weiser to lose my footage and never speak of it again. Six weeks later... Did you take the cash? Absolutely not. And when I didn't, Congressman Bentivoglio threatened my life. All right, look, man, uh, I don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. I just can't, you know, you're saying all kinds of wild things here. You got the producer's well, email. Uh, Bobby, according proof. to you, I don't know. I mean, you're just a guy with the phone right now, and we haven't ver- – I can't see you. So do me a favor. Email uh, the producer over there, Haley. You got her information, the same people you talked to last time, and let's see what you got, and uh, maybe we'll talk about it either here or uh, on the Newsmax show. I appreciate it, pal, very much. Yes, sir. Uh, Marsha – Mar- you too. Mar- uh, wait, hold on, Marsha. Yeah, Marsha. Hello. Hi. Hi, Greg. How are you? It's Marsha. The same. I, I am good. How are you, Greg? All right. What's up? <laughs> I'm calling again about the sex education. Yes. What I do you want to know? How can number. I help? Well, I would like the the people on your line on your show to call this number and oppose what Murphy is putting forth. Starting oh, this that's right. I called last week and they didn't answer. Right. 
It went right to oh, voicemail. I did, I, yeah, I did. Get it didn't even go to voicemail. Happened. Remember that? I got the great. The, we got the runaround. I'm happy that you did. So I'm going to give you the number again. All right, go ahead. Six oh nine. Six oh nine. Two nine two. Two nine two. Six thousand. Six thousand. And who is this again? This is Murphy's office. All right. Well, he didn't answer the last time we called. You know. I know. They're avoiding the call. Hey, someone's calling you. <laughs> Where are you? are you? Are you work or what? No, I'm home. All right. Have a great weekend, Marsha. And let's go ahead and call Governor right. Murphy and get some results from that guy. Jeff yes, in Queens. Thank you. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? Greg, good afternoon. Congratulations. Thanks for having me on. Yes, I would like uh, Mary Adams to go on uh, TV, you know, one of the news channels there, and retract his statement apologize to all the single white males that live in New York City that have to take the trains to go to work and yada yada around at night and all hours by myself. Now, if there's a crew of black people and they listen to this guy, I'm marked as a white supremacist now. Okay? And that's exactly what he said. He needed more security from his brother, who's going to run it, because we got this problem with white supremacists. All right, wait, hold on a second. Now, hold on a second. Um, I am no Eric Adams fan, as you know. And when he talked about white supremacy and he needs protection from that, that was ludicrous. I think he needs to apologize to all New Yorkers for his crummy uh, tenure so far, his complete lack of ability and um, uh, zero integrity. And without integrity, I don't think we're going to get the apology. But that apology, Jeff, goes to all New Yorkers, no matter what they look like. All right? I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you, Jeff. Bobby D., Bobby D. Sounds like you were uh, in the movie Grease. Bobby D. Bobby D. from New Jersey. Who? Bobby D. What's all with Bobby D.? Is that what they call you, or is that what's just your name on the radio? Bobby D. Well, it goes back to my history, Greg, when I was a big DJ in New Jersey in the 70s. And I lived as a big DJ doing all the big clubs. Uh, uh, that's nice. All right, Bobby D., what do you got on your mind? Don't forget me, Bobby D. What I wanted to say is that listening to you, I went out and bought Charles Stanley's Living Bible. And it is one of the greatest. Now, I always read the Bible, but I was always disorganized. I didn't know how to read the Bible. But taking that Bible and taking every day and reading it and following the chronological order that he presents to us, it's been a blessing. And I got to say that you are a breath of fresh air. I mean, I watched you with Roseanne, and you were, you were a real neighborhood guy. But on your own and listening to you during the day and watching you at night, because I can't go to sleep. First, I watched Johnny Carson from 10 to 11. Then I put you on from 11 to 12 and fall asleep. You've been a breath of fresh air. You're a neighborhood guy, and I just want to commend you on what you do and the issues that you bring out. Last night's show, what you showed with those guys beating that girl, it's devastating. And we need more voices like you to show the people what's going on in this world. You're very kind, now, Bobby D. Very kind, Bobby D. Thank you so much. Two quick questions. Number one, you say you watch Johnny Carson at 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, it's on Optimum TV. Reruns. Okay. Oh, interesting. And number two. Last night. Last what? night, Michael Keaton and Michael Keaton and uh, the uh, funny guy. All right. Uh, this is more important. Uh, i got to get to this. What, tell me when yeah. and how you read the Charles Stanley Bible. I get up every morning. When I wake up in the morning, 
I read I read a, a passage. Sometimes I don't get every day because I have a I might have a hectic schedule. Like today, I read three days because uh, I just had some surgery and I didn't have a chance to read the Bible. And you have but the Charles Stanley Living Bible. It's called right. Yeah, it's the one that you recommend. Yeah, Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible, Living Bible. I love it, yes. dude. Bobby D, yes. yeah. you're the best, man. Yeah, don't. No, I, you're the best. I love you. I won't forget. I love you, and I. <laughs> I got to call you back because I got a lot of issues I got to talk to you about. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, the show is done, but Bobby D, I look forward to hearing back from you. Thank you so much. Here's the music. The weekend is pretty much here. I've got uh, a few other responsibilities, but thank you indeed. I do have to leave. Um, many, many thanks to all of our listeners and beyond. Oh, and to the entire staff here at WABC. Kevin, you, uh, all of them. Uh, everybody. <laughs> How's that? I I really should learn who works here, right? I'm, I apologize. All right, I'll be right back. I mean, I, no, I'm not coming back. I'll see you Monday.